Teesaw Pop, Season 3, Episode 5. Hello and welcome to Teesaw Pop. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about creative writing is author and teacher Gerard Gravenstein. Gerard worked in advertising and public relations before moving to China in 2013 to teach ESL. He has taught university students and adults in Shanghai and is currently an English humanities and art teacher at an international school in Shenzhen. Welcome to the show, Gerard. Hello, Laura. Happy to be here. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the different types of creative writing tasks Gerard has tried in his classes and how he supports learners in preparing for a writing task. We are also going to talk about how creative writing can fit into the wider context of a lesson or a series of lessons, as well as what we can do after a writing task to further engage learners in the process. Starting from the top then, what type of creative writing tasks can we try in our ESL classes? You know, really depending on our students, our learners, whether they are high school students or university students or housewives, we can change the activity a lot. And we can do anything from short story writing in a longer format to shorter things like just a little paragraph, a creative idea, little stories. And we can do poetry and we can use song lyrics. There's just such a variety of material that we can use and ideas that we can use to get the students going and to get them using the language in a creative way. So really, the sky's the limit. What I really like about those examples you just mentioned there is that they can be very short pieces. They don't have to be long stories. So you could just do, I imagine, a story that's a few sentences, like a a very, very short poem. Yes, absolutely. You know, I think it's a challenge for students to be able to tell a story or make a story or write a story. um, Three sentences, you know, to give them that challenge, three sentences tell a story. We can use prompts and ideas to get them going, creative prompts. After the initial reluctance, maybe to really engage fully in this process, because it is quite new for many of them, students can really get very excited and very happy to do something unusual and something creative. Prior to setting up a creative writing task, what do you do to help your learners prepare and engage in it so that they go forward with confidence? Yes, I can think of three things that I've done. The one is to drop 20 words in a hat. Learners select one, two, three words and with a partner possibly create a story around the three words. So it may be rose, box and tree and they need to create a story what happened. And the second one could be use the internet. There's some site that I've found that has something like creative writing prompt first sentence generator and it would sort of randomly create a first sentence for a short story and students can sit in the classroom watch the screen together and decide who wants number one who wants number two and that gives the students some agency some involvement in the lesson some interaction to be able to choose which one is their story so that's the second one a third one could be pictures images you know maybe print out some scenes from still movie stills or just some other random pictures from the internet to people watching a sunset or a couple strolling down a lane um, and have the eight, ten printouts on the table and have students gather around the table, select a picture. And this picture will be the opening scene of your story. What happened after this picture? Or it could be the closing scene. Like, this is the final scene of your story, what happened before? And students have to imagine what happened before. And there may be some initial reluctance, but generally they are very excited to get involved and get thinking of what happened in this story. 
And that's a wonderful variety of ways that you can engage learners. And I can imagine like over a series of lessons, if you're with a class for some time, you can try these different things to keep it quite fresh. Like the first one you mentioned with words out of a bag, it almost gamifies the storytelling process or the creative writing process. And with the videos you mentioned, or the movie stills, you could really select things that are trending. I'm thinking of music videos that my teenage learners um, used to enjoy watching. And sometimes those music videos would have a kind of story unfolding in them. Mm. So you could use that as a way to kind of grab their attention and they'd be quite keen to talk about it if it's something that, that is very relevant in their lives outside of the classroom too. There are a variety of writing genres that we can use in our classroom from poems, music lyrics, uh, short stories, as you mentioned. How can we fit these, though, into a context of a lesson or maybe a wider context of a series of lessons? Yes, I'm thinking of an example. In my English humanities class, I'm teaching literature and students are reading novels and there is some resistance to a big, thick novel and how to read this novel. And I'm really trying to make it as easy as possible chapter by chapter, some reading in class, and then the creative writing would be a little activity that I can insert anywhere in the story, in the book really is like, stop reading at the end of chapter 12 and write your imagination, what happened in chapter 13, the first paragraph of chapter 13. And that is a little bit of creative writing and it's engaging with the text and it's trying to identify some of the themes in the text possibly and maybe some of the characters. Oh, and I will ask them, imagine there are like three major characters in the story. Which one do you identify with? Write the first paragraph from the point of view of this character that you like. That really gives some freedom to imagine. And then, of course, we can go back later on and see, after having read chapter 13, go back and see which learner was closest, which one was the most imaginative, which one was the wildest. So we can we can look back at the paragraphs and, you know, reflect on, on the process. The examples you just gave are a lovely way to embrace reading and writing and plot development, like predicting what's going to happen next, making that a writing task or character study. Like you say, putting the characters in different scenarios and writing about that. What other examples do you have? You know, as we try to keep our lessons fresh and topical, um, I remember a Halloween lesson that we did with Halloween vocabulary and how I encouraged the students, or asked the students to write a poem, a Halloween poem, using some of the Halloween vocabulary. And I helped them with the structure of a poem, something like give them little prompts. The first line should be, I see. The second line should be, I hear. And the third line, I feel, or the third part of the poem. So see, hear, feel. And it's about Halloween and eerie and dark and mysterious and ghosts and so on. And the students really got into that activity and wrote wonderful little poems which they shared on teams so the whole class could see the poems and students gave each other little likes, the little icons in the teams, like, love, thumbs up. So they were interacting with each other's poems. And then after the class, I printed them out and I put them on a bulletin board in the school. And the students were surprised to see their poems on the wall and they were proud and happy. And yeah, so this was just a very nice experience all around. And they did use the vocabulary that I wanted them to use. Earlier on, you also mentioned song lyrics. Uh, how would you use those in your classes? Yes, so as part of the humanities, I do have to teach some poetry and there's a lot of resistance always when students encounter poetry. And I try to open it up a little bit and 
comparing poetry to songs. And recently I did an example of a Troy Sivan song and I used a Scottish poem about strawberries. And the poem and the song lyrics next to each other and the students were able to compare the two and then write their little third and they could choose whether they wanted to write a song or a poem on I think their favorite fruit yes because it was strawberries and then I asked them to write a poem or a song about fruit so and this was homework so this was when you see students for a second time uh, more regularly you can do something like that where you do something in class compare and contrast song and poem and then as the homework do a little bit of creative writing and come back next time and share it's lovely that you gave the students a choice as well and gave them a bit of autonomy, whether they wanted to try a poem or continuation of the song. How did the learners respond to that? Did you find that they leaned towards one or the other? Or was there quite yes, a variety? Yes, absolutely. That was so interesting to see. Some of them chose poems and, you know, came up with some really profound lyrics for 16 or 17 year olds. But some preferred songs. They really got the idea of the difference between poetry and song lyrics and the similarities and the differences. So that was very interesting for all of us. You've described how you engage learners in the thinking process, the writing process. What about afterwards? So learners have got their first draft and you want them to work a bit on developing their writing through editing. How do you do that? Two ways. The one is for the teacher to just go home and mark everything. Um, and that is the long way. And that is the way that I would not prefer to do it as especially with long, longer form writing. But I think something that works really well, again, is teams. If students publish their work on teams and I assign them, choose one other student's work, or I will basically tell them which student's work they need to check and give them a little checklist. Okay, today we want to focus on verbs. So I just want you to check the verbs. Are they all in the right time, the right tense? Give students the task to check each other's work and give them a little bit of guideline and then give feedback to each other on their work. And that I find is quite empowering. Sometimes I will ask them to do it anonymously um, so that they don't know where, whose work they are critiquing or who's doing the criticizing or the editing. So yeah, do it anonymously just to protect the students' integrity maybe a little bit. The example you gave there is a lovely example to engage learners in talking to each other about their work and um, supporting each other in the editing process through, through peer support. I've also tried giving learners checklists for a similar activity or for individual self-reflection, I've given them checklists. One thing that you really mentioned that reminded me about these checklists and when they work successfully is to be very focused on what you're asking learners to check whether they're checking themselves or with a partner, it's important to give them some parameters. So they're either mentioning two things that work well in a story and one thing to improve, as often learners can be their worst critiques to themselves and to each other. And something like maybe for a checklist, it could be like you say, the verbs or the target language. Did they use at least three new words from the vocabulary bank? And that way, I think they can see realistically where they're making great improvements. And it's not the expectation that you have to use all the words. But if you used at least three, it means they can gain a sense of satisfaction hmm, about the whole creative hmm. writing task. Earlier, you mentioned the Halloween poems you you worked with your learners on and how you published them in teams for learners to respond using the emoticons and then later in the physical school itself on the walls I imagine in the classroom or hallways which is wonderful. Why is it so important to think about publication when you're doing creative writing with students? 
Um, you know, one other thing we've done is, um, or that I regularly do, is just to take um, photographs of their work, uh, their writing work, and post it on our WeChat, the school's WeChat account. Students really value that so much. They see some recognition and some validation of their work. And I think really when you're 16 or 17 years old and you're doing something for the first time and it's not something that you're going to necessarily get higher scores in your final exams, it's just something additional. That recognition and that um, being valued by the teacher and by your peers is so important. And I really want to do that as much as possible, give them that recognition and that encouragement to show that this creative writing, even though not easy, even though a little bit unusual and difficult for students, sometimes really can have a positive impact on your writing and on your learning and on your high school experience. So I think, yes, that's really important. I wonder now that you've been with your students for over a term now, and you may have tried a few different creative tasks with them, with the publication as well. Has their attitudes changed at all over the past six months towards creative writing? Oh, definitely. They've become so much more open and receptive to ideas, you know, to these ideas, so much more willing to experiment. And I keep telling them that old uh, Diaghilev quote of astonish me, you know, don't bore me, just surprise me. Think of something interesting to happen, not something boring. You know, and they've really risen to this challenge. I've seen aliens and spaceships and monsters and wonderful, incredible love stories and so really, the sky's the limit. That's really so wonderful to see. They are really opening up a lot, and that's just really wonderful. And really, the one last thing I can add is that I often remind them, in creative writing, there's no wrong answer. You can experiment. You can try new things. You can be wrong. Maybe I will check the grammar. Maybe I will check the vocabulary. But the idea can never be wrong. So go crazy. Do something interesting. And that's a lovely, lovely line to finish on. I think that's a wonderful thing to tell our students and also the teachers who listen to. Yeah. Thank you so much, Gerard. Thank you for your time today and sharing such a wonderful topic. I think it's so inspiring to bring these creative writing and the arts into the classroom. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Laura. I was so happy to be here. If you have a question or a topic that you'd like to pitch for the podcast, you can contact us via the website, tesolpop.com. And finally... If you love what we do at TESOL Pop, then please subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Write a review on these sites or on Facebook and share the content with your teaching community. Music